when I had my cancer surgery, one of the scariest things that happened to me was losing my voice, which happened to me temporarily from the tubes and the things that went down my throat for the surgery. And my voice was altered for some time. And it really, really concerned me. It even scared me, given my background as a preacher, a public speaker, and my chosen career path now as a podcaster. Our guest today, Courtney Elmer, on Cancer and Comedy, episode number 26, has a story about how her voice was suppressed, her inner voice, and how she rediscovered and unleashed her true voice after, among many things, dealing with cancer in her own life. And in our podcast conversation today, she's going to teach you how such an episode as cancer does not have to suppress your voice, but it can be a part of the process to unleash your inner voice. Hello, my friend. I'm Dr. Brad Miller. And indeed, after retiring from ministry, I was diagnosed with cancer, which meant I had to change. I had to find a new voice for me. In my case, that meant combining my ministry experience my doctoral degree in transformational leadership, and my love of comedy and podcasting to create the Cancer and Comedy Podcast. So glad you're with me. We're here to serve you and today to help you to find and unleash your voice. And listen on, my friend. Listen on. Cancer got you down? Pretty grim, huh? How about a show that turns the grim into a grin. Way to go. You made it here to the Cancer and Comedy Podcast, the show to lift you up with hope and humor that heals. Hey there, Lifter Uppers. I'm Deb Greer, the co-host of Cancer and Comedy, where our mission is to heal cancer-impacted people through hope and humor, something we like to call turning the grim into a grin. Thank you so much for joining our conversation today as we talk about finding your true voice out of the devastation of cancer. This is a good episode for those of us who are reevaluating the direction our life is going on as we start a new year. Let's get started. Here is the host of the Cancer and Comedy Podcast, Dr. Brad Miller. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you, Deb. Great to be with you and great to be with you as we start a new year together. Here on Cancer and Comedy, this is the podcast where we look to turn the grim of a cancer diagnosis into the grin of celebrating life. And so even as we start uh, this new year, if you're dealing with some kind of bad stuff, dark stuff in your life, depression or sadness, maybe this is one place you can turn to help to turn some of that kind of stuff around in your life. And maybe we can help. We also have a free course, which might be helpful to you. It's called the Healing Through Hope and Humor course. It's free, just 15 minutes a day for about five days. The, the purpose of this course is to help you cope with hope and develop a credo, a statement of life that will help you through things. You can just go to cancerandcomedy.com slash free. Hey, Deb, as we start this uh, new year, you know, I got to start things with a couple of bad dad jokes here for you. So here, here's just a couple of New Year things for you. I was going to New Year's often about starting new habits, and I was going to quit all my bad habits for the new year. But then I remember nobody likes a quitter. <laughs> On a new year, I thought I might consider taking up a new hobby like procrastination, but maybe I'll just do it later. Yeah, sounds good to me. Talking about today, about kind of finding a new voice, a new way of looking at things, because cancer is one of those things that go through the process of diagnosing cancer and dealing with cancer and recovering from cancer. One reaction people sometimes have to cancer is to withdraw, try to just pull the covers up and just pretend like it's going to go away. But that doesn't, but I think dealing with cancer can, if we allow it to, also give us perspective on finding a new voice, a new way of dealing with things and maybe have new agendas in our life that we may have. So Deb, I know things changed for you dramatically when you were diagnosed with cancer and and you decided to change some things in your life and a new uh, a new online community, a new a new website, a new Facebook groups and so on. Could you just say a word about how things changed for you? It really is one of those things where 
you reevaluate your priorities might be the, the, the best way to put it. And then you do think, what is going to be my legacy? As I go forward, what are people going to think about and remember me for? I I did have many challenges when I went through my diagnosis. Definitely made me rethink, okay, do I want to go back to things as normal? No, you know, didn't did not want to do that. And so it's been a, a little over a year ago. I was kind of arm twisted by some friends into starting trying not to die dot live. And it is an online community helping those who are dealing with cancer in any way to find their inner warrior. I'm very much of the thought that we are warriors. We're not survivors because this is in many cases a battle for our life. And so, you know, we, we try and help those to build a tribe around them, to energize their voices and to really expand what their choices are going forward. And it's for anyone who is on this journey with cancer, whether it's the patient, those who support them, or even the medical folks who are part of this process. And again, it's trying not to die.live. And that's the website. And you also have a relatively active Facebook community as well, don't you? Excuse me. And the Facebook is a place where it's a safe place for people to go and ask for support, share stories, and really you know, in touch with some people who they might not have reached out to. Because as you said, many times we want to withdraw. Sometimes the people we can find the easiest to talk to are total strangers. Mm. And that's kind of the way it is initially with people who join our Facebook group. But then I think people really find that it is a very safe place for them. And I would just say I'm a part of that community and it is a great place to interact, somewhat similar experience and have a little like-mindedness in terms of, you know, that whole image, the name of it, trying not to Mm -hmm. die.live. Love that because that's what it's about. Not giving up, getting after it. And the whole warrior, the whole warrior motif is one that I think a lot of people can identify with. Uh, people want to fight and, you know, get through this. And that's part of what we do too. I think for, and we'll put links to your website at uh, our website, cancerandcomedy.com, of course. But the reason why we have Cancer and Comedy, the podcast that you and I are, are part of is kind of my own experience, kind of changing my voice and my pers- perspective on things as well. I went through a diagnosis period of time and all the tests and rigmarole that goes with that and gave me some time to process it for a few months. And then I finally got the word, the final word right after Christmas, just a little more than a year ago, right at a year ago, December 27th of 2022 is when I got the word I had cancer. And uh, what are you going to do about it? Well, in my case, I have had a little bit of a platform, a little bit of voice for many years about other things. As a pastor, I preached every Sunday. And then as a podcaster, I've been had a podcast called Beyond Adversity, where I talked to a lot of people about the adverse things that happen in their life. And a couple other podcasts where I talked to pastors about their ministries and so on. A little bit of a platform that way. But you know what happened to me when I got this diagnosis with cancer? It got very personal really quick, you know, really quick. This isn't about somebody else. This is about me. So what am I going to do about it, about me? What am I going to do to change how I react and reflect to this diagnosis in my life and give a kind of a shift in my, how I express myself? And that's when I decided through a whole process to begin the Cancer Comedy Podcast, which takes on my take on this, that, to, you know, that you can have a good attitude and you can, as we say, you can derive hope and healing even out of humor. And I decided just to go with that, just to, just to go with that and to really lean into that. Something that had been a part of my life for a long time, but to really lean in, into that. And I'm glad that I did. It got me connected with people like you and I've been able to interact with actual, you know, people in the comedy world and people in the cancer realm, uh, you know, people would, uh, people in the medical fields and so on. And it's been a good, a good thing for me to lean into that, to shift the focus and define it a little bit more about my voice there. So I'm thankful in that regard. That even though a cancer diagnosis is a bad thing, and there have been moments of some depression, even devastation, it's given me a little bit of a, a new voice. So our guest today has a story to tell about her voice, which was suppressed as a child, and then finding her voice to become successful in business and as a top-ranked podcaster, dealing with her cancer do- diagnosis at a very young age. In our conversation today, we will be talking with Courtney Elmer. And learning about how she reframed her life, her marriage, and her career aspirations by growing through what you go through. 
Well, indeed, our guest is Courtney Elmer, and her website is theeffortlesslife.co. And she gives us this uh, fascinating take about understanding the suppression of her voice in her life and how she had to go through some things in our family that she grew up with, and then her life and her career, how she made some some changes there and to do this. And the result is that she created a business, an entity, which a real focus is on helping other people find their voice and their, and their business. So she's been able to transform her life then to be a consultant, a keynote speaker, and she likes to call herself your go-to guide for turning your voice into a catalyst for positive change. And uh, she does that in many ways through her marketing and her business expertise and by applying psychology and psychological principles to what uh, we do in business. Lives that out and has a voice in a top-ranked podcast called Insider Secrets to a Top 100 podcast and various podcasting consulting things around that she's a a great great guest i'm looking forward to to having a conversation with her that we could share together well following her interview you're definitely going to want to stick around for yep there's even more dr brad's bad joke of the day and our face it or break it segment and and as always our listener lifter stories did you know that you can be a part of an upcoming episode of Cancer and Comedy with your uplifting story of crushing cancer with hope and humor? Just go to cancerandcomedy.com slash voice message and tell us your story. Well, our Cancer Comedy friends, our lifter uppers, it is indeed my pleasure to introduce you to new to you, our guest today on Cancer and Comedy, Courtney Elmer from the effortlesslife.co. Courtney Elmer is with us from the effortlesslife.co.co and has the podcast Insider Secrets to a Top 100 podcast. Oh, Brad, thank you for having me. I'm delighted. It's an honor to be here. We have a lot to talk about. I can't wait to dig in with you. Tell me about maybe one or maybe two things that have come in your life here recently, Courtney, which have lit you up, brightened you up, or given you a little bit of lift? Yes. A couple of things this year, quite frankly, back through history, you can connect the dots and see your path and how it's unfolded and how certain things bend. And now you maybe have more meaning or thoughts around why that could have happened. This year, there was a big dot on my map. That dot was learning how to actually trust my voice in a much deeper and a much bigger way than I had been doing. When I was about nine years old, my mom's favorite thing to say to me was, Courtney, your mouth gets you in trouble. And if she said it once, she said it a thousand times. And I know she meant well. She was trying to teach me respect. Hey, you don't sass people, right? You talk respectfully. You can't just blab on about your opinion because you think you're right and other people are wrong, right? You have to take that into consideration. What are other people trying to say that listening that you mentioned? But at the time, I didn't. There was one day when she said that to me. Brad, I can remember this like yesterday. She was standing at the sink washing dishes. She turns and she looks at me. The water's dripping down off her elbow onto the floor. Your mouth, Courtney, it gets you in trouble. Go to your room. And I walked down the long hallway that day to my room. And I just remember deciding in that moment. This was largely an unconscious decision, but something within me shifted in that moment where part of me decided that it wasn't worth using my voice at all. If I was just going to get punished for it and told not to speak, told to be quiet, or maybe it wasn't worth speaking up. So for the next 20 plus years, I silenced my voice. People would present boxes to me. Hey, here's how you should be. Here's what you should do. Here's how you should look, how you should act, how you should talk. And I would try to fit myself in to fit their boxes. We all do this to some degree. Deep down, five emotional needs every human has. Three of them are to be heard, to be understood, and to be valued. That's all I wanted. But the coping mechanisms that I chose in my childlike brain at the time in order to earn that love and affection from other people was to not let them really get to know Courtney, to not let them get to know me. And in working to protect my heart through the years, I lost sight of who I was in the process. So this year is a big dot on my map because this was the year where I feel like I've come full circle to have a deeper understanding of not only who I am, but how I'm meant to serve and the work that I'm here to do, to trust the voice that God has given me to use to carry that out. You mentioned about going full circle and the big dot on your 
calendar is on your hear your voice or to claim your voice that was for whatever reason other was suppressed by your upbringing or other things in, in life. You heard this voice, and in my parlance, I come from a pastoral background, things like this. It says a little bit about calling and about having a purpose in life, and that, and then out of that comes a sense of a place that you have, and that's uh, all a good thing. So you found yourself now in a good place. Have you always been in a in recent years in your adult life, always been in a pretty good place, or is this a kind of a recent thing for you? The growth that I've experienced to the degree that I have this year hasn't always been the case. Prior to that, there were good moments and there were good seasons and there was growth that was happening. There were challenges like we all face that would present themselves and I'd look back and I'd say, oh, that's what I was meant to learn from that. But there was also a time in my life prior to that where I wanted to give up. There were moments where I was suicidal, where I didn't know if I had it in me to live another day. And I think having been in those dark places also has given me perspective on the light and on the good in life and on the things that we can choose to be grateful for. Depression's a real thing. And I'm grateful for the people in my life, my therapists, doctors, mentors who helped me through those dark seasons. I wouldn't be here without them. And I'm very grateful for that. And at the same time, I think a lot of people tend to talk about positivity and just everything's going to be okay. It's all going to work itself out or this is God's plan for you. And look, I believe in God. I am listening as best I can to tune my voice to his spirit every day. and. I think there are this toxic positivity to some degree. Mm, I love that. Right? There, wow. there are people that tend to whitewash. So I think having been to those dark places gives me the perspective that while things are good now, doesn't mean they always will be that way. And it doesn't mean that it was bad to be in those dark places. It's the ebbs and the flows. It's the light at the end of the tunnel. And I think... For me, throughout my journey, and we had to learn to believe that there was always light at the end of the tunnel, even when I couldn't see it. And that was what pulled me through a lot of times. So you had to learn to believe. You had to understand these ebbs and flows come. But when the ebbs and flows are happening at the time, it can be pretty devastating. You can rock your world. For some people, they do not pull out of it. Loneliness and depression are at epidemic pro proportions right now. And we know that things like suicide ideation and other things like that are prevalent. Sometimes people have this feeling that things go from bad to worse. And if you will, you need, I'd like you to go with me for a time when they went from bad to worse for you, when you had, a, had some word from a doc really rocked your world. Tell me about that a little bit. Yeah. So I'll take you back to my early 20s. And at the time, I had done what most people do is I go get a degree find a good job, start collecting a paycheck, and work as hard as you can to climb the ladder of success. Success in air quotes, right? The world's version of success. There's, you know, worked in finance, worked in retail, worked in design and textiles. Never really found my fit. And I felt like there was, going back to voices, right? That there was a quiet little voice inside, that there was something more that I was meant for. And something else that I was meant to do. I'd always dreamed of owning my own business, working closely with people. I really value connection. And the lines of work that I found myself in were unfulfilling because they weren't utilizing my gifts, my natural gifts, my natural talents. But in the name of success, I continued down that path. While on the outside, I was successful. On the inside, I was unhappy. During that time, though, I did meet the love of my life. He was the light in my tunnel in that sense. We got married, went on our honeymoon, came back from the honeymoon, and I'd had a follow-up visit with my doctor planned two days after we got home from the honeymoon. It was really just a checkup because it was, hey, I had a bad sinus infection before the wedding, went into the doctor that day. And I sat down and Brad, I remember this so clearly. He looks at me and he's like, Courtney, so your case falls beyond my area of expertise. So I'm going to introduce you today to another doctor on our staff. This is her area of expertise. And sure enough, there was a knock at the door. She walks in. He hands me off to her and he leaves. That was jarring in and of itself because, well, I thought I was walking in to say, hey, everything checks out. Your blood work came back normal. Nothing worse is going on. You're good to go. So I can remember sitting in that chair with those 
awful fluorescent lights overhead, like gripping my brand new husband's hand as this new doctor sits down and she looks at me and she says, Courtney, I know that this is not the most wonderful introduction that we'll have, right? We're not meeting on the the best of terms. I'm like, what terms? What case? Tell me what's going on. She said, I'm just going to cut to the chase. You have thyroid cancer. She said, now you're the youngest patient I've ever had to diagnose with this. And the good news is it's one of the most treatable cancers that exist. That's a good news. She said, the bad news is that your specific case, you've got this aggressive mutation that has started to spread and we need to remove your thyroid as soon as possible. I've made a spot for you on my surgery schedule. I will see you next Monday at seven o'clock. And I can remember, it was like a scene in a movie and maybe you've had this experience and maybe for you listening, you can relate to this. In a movie where like suddenly the actor gets some news and all of a sudden everything slows down and it's like slow motion and the sound kind of goes away and he just hears this ringing in his ears and it's his own thoughts or her own thoughts. That was what it was like in that moment where it was like my whole world just came to a screeching halt. And in that moment, faced with my own mortality, I realized that I needed to make some changes because if I was going to get on the other side of this, not only did I need to believe that I would, but also that if I were to be given the gift of my life and a second chance to be able to continue living, I couldn't keep living the way that I was living. And I couldn't keep throwing the gifts and talents that I'd been given to the side in pursuit of the world's version of success. I love how you have framed this part of the conversation with great detail. When I ask people about their experiences of getting the word, sometimes call it, I got the word about my cancer on a phone call the day after Christmas and dealing with Christmas stuff and you dealt with a wedding, but then you have to deal with this right after. And then you mentioned about holding your husband's hand, the fluorescent lights, the tone of both doctors, all that is stuff is just imprinted upon your psyche and your soul. And now the point is, what do you do with that, Courtney? What do you do with that impression? We are imprinted with that moment, that tragic moment, that transformational moment, which changes us one way or another, either to a decline and to bad, dark places. Or it can change us to point of, for some people, depression and things like that. And for others, it transforms us to a pivot point to something different, maybe even better. Tell me about some of the journey that you made at that point. You mentioned I was decided more or less right then to make some changes. What did you do? What were some of the changes that you made or how did you navigate this? What was so interesting was that the other thing that the doctor said to me that day And she said, Courtney, as your doctor, I have to let you know the risks of this surgery. She said, the biggest one is that if my hand slips or anything doesn't go according to plan, as it usually does, but of course, there's always risk, your vocal cords could be severed and you might lose your voice permanently. And in that moment, how ironic, the irony was not lost on me that for someone who had silenced her voice all those years, who had given it away, who had given her power to other people and their opinions of her. To be so terrified of losing my voice in that moment, that to me was something that I knew. And I think that was what clued me in to the areas that I was not using these gifts that I mentioned. I have a degree in English literature. People have always told me through the years, you write so beautifully, you communicate so well, you speak so eloquently. I'd heard these things through the years and brushed them off just as quickly. And that was when I realized that there were these gifts that I had that I wasn't using. And I couldn't see myself moving forward from that moment, not finding a way to use those. And I remember after getting through radiation, through recovery, surgery, treatment, and everything that followed, I went to a talk that someone gave. An author, she was promoting her new book. In the book, she tells her story and her struggle and her adversity and what she went through. And just much like we're talking today, what came of it and where she is in the world now. And during her talk, and many times thereafter, two words kept coming to my mind. Write and speak. And I went home and I journaled on this. Write and speak. Okay. And then I wish I could say I just did a complete 180 and launched a podcast and started a business and graced stages around the world ever since. Didn't quite go that way. I didn't have the courage to suddenly 
step forth and be this leader or be this expert in one thing or another to use my voice. Remember, I had been suppressing it for so many years. That was not the norm. And therefore, it was very outside of my comfort zone and therefore very terrifying. But yet this message kept coming back to me, write and speak. And I would talk to people, you should write. You should speak. Would you speak at my event? Took me a couple of years to fully make the leap. Started working in that direction. And I started finding ways to use my gifts, even if it were small ways, to write and to speak. I finally said, I can't keep living with one foot in one boat and one foot in the other. Still hold on to my previous identity of who I was in the corporate space while also trying to step more fully into who I've been created to be in using my gifts in service of others. I said, you know what? I'm going to go all in, both feet in one boat, wherever this leads me. This, I left a letter of resignation on his desk and he came to me and he's, what is this? Why are you resigning? What is this one? And I'm like, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. I've got two weeks left here. And I walked away. That was really hard to do. That was a huge step for me. And it was one of the first opportunities that I had to really take ownership of my voice. That's, a, yeah. that's an amazing aspect of your story where your ownership of your voice eventually led you, the pain became too great or the opportunity became leveraged enough that you took significant, massive action. A lot of people won't leave their job. A lot of people won't do the other things necessary to do that. And so you did took some action and I love that. And that's part of what I like to teach. Taking action is a really a part of what you, you have to do. And another part of that I think is involved here. I just want to ask you about it, Courtney. Was there any aspect of this whole experience for you at this point in your journey of recovery? There was a spiritual aspect or a sense of a, a power greater than self that was somehow involved or guiding you. You've mentioned also your husband and I'm sure there's other people involved too. But was there any sense of calling or spiritual presence that played a role in all this recovery? Undeniably. Undeniably. I grew up in a very religious household, very faith-filled parents, always trying to teach us right from wrong. I was homeschooled, actually, from fourth grade all the way through 12th grade because my parents had a different perspective than most. And while maybe to some degree they wanted to protect my, me and my sisters from the world and the world's influences, right? think the other side of that was they really wanted to instill that faith in us and that relationship with God and that belief. For a long time, though, to be completely honest with you, I rejected that inwardly. I'd go to church. I'd go to youth group. I'd participate with my friends. I, was, I played piano in the choir. I would do things outwardly that expressed, was an expression of, here's what I believe. This is my faith. But inwardly, I didn't fully accept it, primarily because my relationship with my mom was really tenuous. And anything that she did, I wanted to do the opposite. Mm -hmm. So there was that inward rebellion. So it wasn't until this cancer diagnosis and following that, that I feel I really began to develop a relationship with the Lord that was my own. That was not my mom's. It was not my dad's. It was not my friends at the youth group. It was not the people sitting next to me in church on Sundays, but it was my dialogue with Jesus. Now, having been someone who wasn't very attuned to listening to that inner voice, mm -hmm. both my own and like we might like to say here, the voice of the Holy Spirit or God whispering in your ear, I wasn't a very good listener. So my dialogue with God then was mostly like, okay, please let this work out. Here's a problem I have that I need your help to solve. You'll be driving in traffic. Like, I got to get there on time. Can you please help me? And it was all these surface level little problems. And I was always just asking for help. Help me with this. Help me with that. Solve these problems. Since then, though, very blessed and grateful. That relationship has deepened. And it has shifted into one that's more attuned and one where I seek to listen more to where God is leading me. Just those two words that I shared with you, write and speak, those didn't come from me, but there's a felt sense that you have when you hear that call. And I had that felt sense that even though it didn't really make logical sense at the time, that this was what I was meant to do. And then, of course, it became a problem that I needed God's help to fix. How do I actually go out and do that, God? You want me to write? You want me to speak? Cool. What do you want me to do with this? Are you going to have to... Figure this out for me. Through the years, I've learned to listen. In fact, just this past weekend, at the time of this recording, I spent 
four days on a silent retreat, just listening and just trying to connect with what God wants for me and how I can go back out into the world and serve other people who I believe were all created in his image and likeness. I can serve him through serving others. And that has been a very significant part of my journey. And I appreciate the question because I don't get an opportunity to talk about that often. Hey, my friend, I just wanted to share with you that uh, here on Cancer and Comedy, we have a special gift for you that's going to help you if you're impacted uh, by cancer in your life and you want to do something about it. It's, it's our free course. We call it the HHH or Triple H course, which stands for Healing Through Hope and Humor. It helps you to develop your cancer coping credo a statement that's going to help you get get through that it's a free course just takes you it's a five short sessions it's all audio you can get that free course at cancerandcomedy.com slash free if i'm hearing your voice here today you had to have a sense of listening to the inner voice what the bible sometimes calls the still small voice and you can't listen to that whisper that still small voice. If you're yakking, you can't just can't listen. But that became a resource then to help you to find your voice to share with others. You've said how you felt this calling, this spirit to write and to speak. What did you actually do about it, which was transformation? What were the what I'm getting here now, what were the new practices or habits or procedures Yeah, I started a blog and I got a lot of pushback from that because the topics that I was talking about were not acceptable to everyone in the family. This is me just trying to fully express myself. And then suddenly I got that pushback and it shut the blog down. Sometimes when we're vulnerable, we don't expect the repercussions of it. So those repercussions were very obvious to me. And I learned a lot from that. It it gave me pause and it helped me realize that maybe the way in which I had gone about writing what I was writing wasn't the best way. So I did have some takeaways there, but I guess the downside of that would be that I shoved the dream to the side again and I ignored the voice again and said, okay, I started writing, but then people didn't like it. So I'm not going to do that anymore. I'd always had a side hustle. This was before I started my own business and I was working nine to five and had a network marketing business on the side and was often asked to speak and to present at these events. So I'm speaking, I'm presenting on like anti-aging cream. And like home decor and things. Again, not exactly what I feel like I was maybe being called to do. But hey, here I am using my voice. I'm using my voice, Lord. I'm doing it. But it gave you practice. It gave and you practice. Pra- the practice piece is so key. I had to start somewhere. It wasn't what I'm doing now, but I had to start somewhere. That's awesome. And now you practiced. You've had this personal experience. You've had your cancer. I don't know if we said it or not, but I think in somewhere along that line, you had a child too, didn't you? And that whole process. And, I sure did. And so that's part of the life too. You got married, you had a child, you had cancer, you've changed jobs, you left the job, started a career, and you've had all those things about voice and writing. Now I want to talk to you about how you leverage all this to serve other people. How you do this to not only build a business, but build a business with not only a, with your vo- with your voice and your writing, but with heart, in order to be transformational. You that you are the, the go to guide to turning voice into a catalyst for positive change. Let's talk about how what you do now helps invoke positive change in other people. I know you're leaning into podcasting these days. What are you doing these days to help evoke positive change in others? Yes, when it comes to the voice. Where we have to start is identifying what is your voice story. And once you identify that, where is it holding you back? Because often through life, Brad, the voices we listen to are not ours. And they're not of God. There were many voices in my life that I listened to that were not mine. So we have to begin to attune our ear before we can go out and create positive change in the world with our voices. We have to first go within and we have to attune our ear to listening to our voice. What is it saying? What is my true voice? And then stepping out in courage, trusting ourselves to say what we feel called to say. This was way outside of my comfort zone. This was not, I was not used to speaking up in a crowd or a group project in school. Let me be the first one to share what I think we should do. I'll 
or what everyone else, whatever, whatever y'all thinks, fine, great, let's go with that. So it takes a lot of courage to begin to trust your voice and to use it. It's like a muscle. Mine had atrophied and I had to start revitalizing it, rehabilitating it to be able to get to the point now where I do use my voice more freely. So that's the first step, identifying what's holding you back from using your voice. That is what I call your voice story. For me, it was my mom telling me that your mouth gets you in trouble. And then a part of me believing that for a long period of time and reordering my life around that belief. But when I began to attune myself to what that voice story is, then I could shift beyond that belief. I can replace it with new, healthier beliefs and free myself from that negative, if you want to label it, that unpleasant or negative belief that was holding me back. That's step number one. But then to specifically answer your question, how do we help other people when it comes to using your voice to create positive change? The vehicle we use for that is podcasting. But regardless of what vehicle you use or what platform you use, the first step is listening and trust. Listening and trust of that voice. Because I believe, this is what I believe, that God created you for a very specific purpose. First, to know, love, and serve Him. Secondly, to carry out his work in the world in a very specific way. A lot of times that way is tied to our own personal journey and story that we've had to go through or grow through in order to become the person that we are meant to be and to help other people do the same thing. But at the deeper level, that's what it comes down to is the calling that's been placed on your heart the meaningful change that you're meant to create in the world and trusting that calling and trusting the gifts that you've been given, your voice, which is a tool being one of them, to be able to do that and to carry that out. Courtney, I want to reflect with you, but it does put back, push back just a little bit. What do we do with, what do we say to the person who has been devastated by something in life? And it's really hard for them to recover from that. It might be cancer. It might be a divorce. It might be loss of a loved one, or it might be, you know, losing your job or kids or parents or any number of relationship issues. And they are devastated. You know, their temptation is to give up. Maybe they've seen others give up on life and just start metaphorically just punch the time clock, just get through day to day, get through. How do, what do we say to those people who are tempted to give up? And we know that in business and podcasting, lots of things, lots of people do give up. What do we say to that person who's is tempted to give up? What's so ironic here is that I wouldn't actually say anything. Mm-hmm. I would listen. For a lot of people that are going through a hard time, they're not looking for advice. They're not looking for the next tip on how to get out of this difficult situation just looking for someone to walk with them. They're looking for someone to be there in their pain. If I were sitting across the table from that person having a cup of coffee, the last thing that I would want to do to show that person that I'm here, I'm with you, I hear you, you matter to me, would be to talk. And I think sometimes using our voice, the flip side of that is strategically choosing when not to use it and using it, therefore, in the sense that when that person feels heard, who are they going to think of when they do when time passes? As my mom always used to say, she had a lot of sayings, but this was another one. She said, time heals. And so sometimes when you're in that dark valley and you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, even though you are holding on to your last shreds of hope, hoping that it's there, the next thing to, to help, sometimes the only thing that can do that is time. And like my mom always said, time heals. So in those moments when someone's in the dark valley, I think the most powerful thing we could do is listen. Because when they get to the other side, when that time does heal, when they do see that light, who are they going to look back and think of? And will you have created some influence in their life because yeah. you were there and you listened? Yeah, I also think in reflecting with you what you're saying here, Courtney, not speaking also means to be actively listening because there are sometimes, like you said earlier in your life and you referred to your mother several times, you felt suppressed or voiceless. And there's a difference between that and being a good listener and reflecting back with people, kind of knowing when it is the 
timing-wise, when's the, the right moment to reflect and to reflect back with them about what they are sharing. But let's take it the next step of the healing journey. Really what we've been talking about a lot here, Courtney, is the healing journey, right? We've talked about the healing journey that you went through, not only in your cancer, but with your family relationships and your business-wise and so on. And the healing journey also means there comes a point when one needs to, okay, I need to make the transition. I need a flip, the flip the switch, as it were. When that time comes around, it seems to me you have the ability to see things a little differently than many do. You approach things from a little bit of a psychological perspective and things like that. What are some things that people can do if they have said, okay, I'm going through this bad time. I'm listening. I'm reflecting. I'm on the pathway to healing. Courtney, I'm ready to get after it now. I'm ready to have some success in life. I'm ready not only to heal, but to thrive. What are some directions you might help some someone go through in the, or guide them in that way? Yeah. So the first thing I would do is I would go back to what you said about I'm going through a bad time. And I would simply change the language around that and say, I'm growing through a bad time. And I know that you would agree with this, Brad. And for those listening right now who are experiencing a time of darkness in your life, our language is really important. Yes, how we speak to others and how we speak to ourselves. And we are so quick as humans to notice our faults, our failings, our shortcomings, where things aren't going right, where things aren't perfect. And sometimes in those dark moments, those things get magnified. So one very simple shift that we can begin to make is instead of I'm going through this hard time, is I'm growing through this. Even if you don't see what the growth is, even if you, that may, maybe that won't even come to fruition until a year from now, you'll be able to look back on this moment and say, that was really hard. And now I know why I had to grow through that, right? Why I had to go through that. So just shifting that language will help your mind stop holding on to the darkness so tightly, wanting to control the outcome, control the timeline. Speak from experience. Last year was a really dark season in my life. I woke up one day and in our family group text had a message that two of our good friends went missing the night before, one of whom was the pastor at our church where I grew up. The other was a close family friend that I'd known through the years, had worked with through the years, and that I had seen not three weeks before. Over the course of the next few days, we found out that both of them were victims of a random hate crime where they were murdered and their bodies were burned beyond recognition. And when I tell you my world stopped, again, our mortality can shift perspective so quickly. That was very jarring. And it sent me into a really dark place. Shortly after that, Brad, we met at Pod Launch, that podcasting conference. That was in January. On the way home from that conference, I got a phone call in the airport letting me know that my aunt and godmother had lost her battle with Alzheimer's and she had passed away. And I'm standing there in the Orlando Concourse B in front of the little Hudson News gift shop, tears streaming down my face. And again, my world stopped. And those two experiences of grief and loss happening so back to back, the straw that broke the camel's back. And I went into a place where I was like, you know what? I do not see the light at the end of the tunnel here. I don't care if I'm growing through what I'm going through. This is hard. And simply by changing that language and holding on to that hope that I would grow through this, to believe that I would, that belief is so powerful. But I had to go through that because what I experienced next was the full circle moment when I realized the work that I'm here to do. Going back to the voice that we've been talking about to recognize where I hadn't been using it and the opportunity I had to take ownership of it. I would have never realized that had that dark season not happened. Fascinating the way you have framed that conversation now. But I imagine as you think about those relationships that you had that you lost tragically in a short period of time with your aunt and your pastor and your friend, you also remember those pleasant memories, don't you? The pleasant parts about them, because that's why they're impactful in your life. That's what I want to leave us with. Your voice comes from an inner place, but it also can be expressed to others. And a voice can express the inflection of a of a voice breaking because of heartbreak. It can also sing soaring songs. It can be one of exultation and laughter, but it matters that there is energy and there is emotion and there is that personhood 
behind that. And that's what can, I believe can lead to success in life when you travel through the, the wilderness experience and you come to your promised life. You get through it and you come to that good place. Describe to me now your good place now in your life. And we'll leave our conversation at that. Your good place right now. Yeah. It's one of gratitude. And it's one of looking around at the people around me, at the circumstances in my life, at the season that I'm in my life, and being grateful for all that I've gone through to get me here. Because without that, the dark side of the coin, the dark side of the valley, the dark side of the moon, whatever metaphor you want, without that darkness, I wouldn't have that perspective. I wouldn't know to be grateful for the interactions that I have with people like you every day. I would know to be grateful. Email that I get from someone saying, hey, I listened to your podcast. This is exactly what I needed to hear. Though Without that perspective, those things may go more to ego than they do to gratitude. So for <clears throat> me, my good place is a grateful heart. A grateful heart. That's a great place for us to bring this together. And if people want to find out more about what Courtney Elmer is all about, how can they find out more about you? And we'll point people towards that on our website as well. Yes. TheEffortlessLife.co is my website. You can come find out all about what we do and how we help people if podcasting is something you're interested in. But what really matters to me is personal human connection. So if something I said really resonated with you today, or if you got value out of this episode, I'd love for you to do two things. First, I'd love for you to scroll down on Brad's podcast right now and leave a rating and review and let him know that the work he's doing matters and that it's helping you. And if you have time after you do that, and if you're on Instagram, I'd love for you to come find me. I'm at the Courtney Elmer. Send me a DM and let me know what your takeaway was from this episode. And I'd love to hear more from you and about your story. Awesome. We'll put connections to all that at, at our website, cancerandcomedy.com. Her name, Courtney Elmer from the effortlesslife.co. Her podcast is called The Insider Secrets to a Top 100 Podcast. It has been delight to have her and her voice here on the Cancer and Company podcast. Thank you, Courtney. Oh my gosh, what an incredible story. The Some of the things that she talked about were just invaluable. And it really doesn't matter if you're dealing with cancer or anything else. We need to find our own voice. And she really talks about listening to it and listening to what is it saying? Because so many times we ignore that voice, right? Found that so incredibly important. And I also think that it is so important that we find and use our voice as we're dealing with cancer. Because, you know, as you mentioned at the very start, we tend to withdraw. We tend to think we're not going to deal with this. We, we don't want to talk about it. And so things just kind of happen to us and around us. And we have to stand up and say, this is how I want my treatment to go. We have to not be at all afraid to ask questions. And we need to then go forward knowing that we are making the best decisions possible by using our voice. I love what uh, Courtney talked about it, kind of owning your own personal journey as that is part of your voice that, you know, your voice that you grew up with, but you do not have to be that doesn't have to be the story of your entire life. You don't, she talked about being kind of suppressed in her voice growing up, mm -hmm. but owning her journey, then learning from that and shifting that and her cancer diagnosis and reacting to that was a, was a part of that. How important do you think it is for us to learn and listen to our own journey? Yeah, you know, I think it's very important. And so many times, and, and, you know, Courtney mentioned this, we get caught up in other people's voices telling us what we should do, what we should be, all of those things. And, and we think, okay, well, we'll just go with that to listen to what our voice is telling us. And what is that story that it is telling us? And a part of that also is she, she talks about the, the power of listening, you know, not just, you know, part of getting our own voices to listen Right. Uh, to others and to listen to others and the, the power of that. She even talked about if she was going to give some advice to someone who wanted to move forward in business or some other aspect mm -hmm. of life who was in kind of a bad place. She said the first thing she would do was have some pretty intense listening. Right. Tell me about that in your life. How important is listening to finding your own voice to, to others? Well, I, it's very important to listen to what others are saying. And especially if they've come to you for advice, because one of the first things that we want to do is they came to us for advice. So we leap in and we give advice. 
we need to listen to them first because that might actually be what they're wanting. They're wanting their voice to be heard. And so we shouldn't jump in with ways that we're going to fix it or ways, you know, things that they should be doing. We need to give them the opportunity to have their own voice. We need to honor that and let them tell us what what it is that they're going through. The phrase that she used that you is that you grow through what you go through. Right. And I, I love that. Uh, say a word about that, about how that's pertinent as we go through this journey in life that we don't always have to stay the same. We can be growing and changing. And we do grow. As we've been saying, we talk about are our priorities changing? Are we deciding maybe we want to do something different with our life? We want to have better relationships with people, whatever it is, but we do need to grow through whatever it is that we go through. And then we can even use an experience like cancer, as Courtney says to be, what is your catalyst for positive change? If you choose to, you can use Kevin Cancer as a catalyst for positive change. Oh, definitely. You know, we talked about it a little bit at the start. I started trying not to die, not live. And you started this wonderful podcast, you know, and, and neither of us would have done that without having cancer. Absolutely fascinating. Well, now it's time for our cancer and comedy segment, Dr. Brad's Bad Joke of the Day. So this hiker was on a steep mountain trail all by himself when suddenly his footing gave way from some some gravel and some rocks that gave way. And he found himself sliding over the edge of the mountain and getting ready to, to tumble off the edge of the cliff. When he reached out, and he grabbed just a root of a tree that happened to be right there. And he was just hanging by the roots. And but he was dangling off the side of this mountain, and there was nobody around. He hadn't told anybody where he was going. He was in trouble. But he knew that there might be, just might be, somebody on the trail. So he called up. Is anybody up there? Is anybody up there? No answer, just kind of an echo in the distance. He called out again. Is anybody up there? Is anybody up there at all? Please, I need your help. I need some help right now. Is anybody up there? He waited for a moment, and this booming voice came out of the void. This is the Lord your God. I am here to help you. And the man said, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so very, very much. Thank you. Please help me. And the voice said, do you believe this is the Lord your God here to help you? And the man said, I believe, I believe, I believe. What do you want me to do? And the voice came. If you believe this is the Lord your God, then let go. And the man said, is anybody else up there? Well, folks, it is now time for one of my favorite parts, our listener lifter stories, because we love hearing from you and hearing your stories of faith and hope. Did you know that you can tell us your story? Just go to cancerandcomedy.com slash voice message and let us know your story. In our listener lifter upper segment, we hear from Todd Keats from mycarefriends.com about his practice of meditation, which helped him to deal with his mother's cancer and her multiple hospitalizations. During that craziness with my mom, those 17 hospitalizations, you know, I spent 100 to 150 nights with her in a hospital mm. during that time. And there was a lot of not just okay tests. It's a, it was a lot of movement and craziness. So what I was able to do, that's the beautiful part about having a meditation practice. Even if you don't, and I, I talk to people all the time, it can simply be just go find a corner, close your eyes, calm your mind. Think of, think of a beautiful beach that you love to enjoy. Think of a mountain you love to hike. Just take those 60 seconds and try to, it's amazing what that will do. So during these various crises, especially with my mom, that's what I would do. If we were in the hospital, I'd go find a corner away from everybody. I'd find a little room, and that's how I would apply it in those moments. Lifters, let's now turn to Dr. Brad's Faith It or Break It segment. 
In our Faith at or Break It segment today, I want to talk to you for just a minute about uh, finding your voice, discovering your voice out of fire and flames. One of the things I really love is uh, things like campfires or fires in the fireplace. I have a fire pit in the backyard of my home, and it's a place where I go and spend some time when the weather is right and nice and cool to have build a fire and just watch the fire. And sometimes I feel like that's the kind of place where God speaks to me. But that's not the only kind of fire there is. There's a fire of conflict. There's a fire of disease and and devastation. Cancer is certainly a fire in our in our physical health, in our soul, which we have to contend with. But I do remember one fire of a very contentious meeting I had with some people who were very angry with me, and I was angry with them, and I knew it was going to be a bad meeting. It was going to be tough, but I was thinking about this and praying about this. It was one of the few times I really kind of felt really God speaking to me, and it, it came to me in, from in a Bible reading that I did, 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7. It said, for this reason, I fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you. And it goes on to say, for the spirit of God does not make you timid, but gives you power, love, and self-discipline. Fan into flame the gift that I've given to you. Sometimes I believe flames and destructive things that happen to us is a gift to us that we can hear a voice of God or the voice of something greater than self that can help direct us to the next pathway. And sometimes that's what it takes. You might remember in the Bible in the Old Testament where Moses was uh, dealing with the burning bush in Exodus 3. And the point there was that God spoke out of the burning bush, the destructiveness of that, or the seemingly destructiveness of that, something that is meant to be destructive, but it was not consuming the bush, but it was speaking to Moses about leading the people of Israel out of, out of slavery, out of slavery into the promised land. Well, I want you to reach your promised land too, of having a fulfilled life to move you from the grim of cancer to the grin of a fulfilled life, no matter what happens. And I believe that you can learn out of and hear God's voice out of these fire experiences. It's a couple of things that I think you can experience is if you listen and you can hear a divine presence, a presence of God or an inner voice that's within you. And that's a presence that can be a comfort uh, to you. And it also gets your attention. And it's a bit of a sacred thing. And that you can see that these are holy moments or holy ground moments. These experiences you need to keep with you because they are transformational in your life if you allow them to be. And you see uh, that happened to Moses. It happened to me. It, it's several passages in the Bible have to do with this transformation. I want to encourage you to see the holiness of the moment or even the place. It's also about how, in many ways, God reveals, is revealed to us in this, encounter, in this encounter. In fact, God says to Moses, I am who I am. And I think that kind of symbolizes to Moses to be who you are. And we hear that voice that can help us establish our new way of life. I believe it's also a call to action. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? What are you going to change your ways? What highlights in this experience can help you now move forward in a different pathway and be assured that God's presence is with you? For me, when I had my cancer uh, diagnosis, it meant I changed my ways to uh, being kind of feeling sorry for myself to now sharing things here in this podcast. And that is uh, giving my voice to this to you. I want to assure you that I'm listening to you. And I want to hear your voice. And I believe God can speak through even your cancer experience and give you a powerful new narrative, a new voice that has to do with God being revealed in your life and having a calling and an assurance and a liberation in your life to send you to your promised land or your promised life of a fulfilled life. That is what I think is your make it or break it movement to not be consumed by the flames of your destructive experience, but to hear a new voice out of that and to move forward in liberation. That's our faith it or break it moment. Well, Lifter Uppers, it's time to wind down this episode of the Cancer and Comedy Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Do you know that we like to call folks like you who follow Cancer and Comedy 
Lifter Uppers, or Lifters for short, because Cancer and Comedy is all about telling uplifting stories of people like you who are kicking cancer's butt with healing through hope and humor. You can join those of us who are turning the grim into grins by telling us your uplifting story. Just go to cancerandcomedy.com slash voice message. Well, that's it for now. Please join us next time on Cancer and Comedy. If you liked what you hear, please pass this podcast on to someone in your life who needs to turn their grim into a grin. For Dr. Brad Miller, I'm Deb Creer reminding you that a cheerful heart is good medicine. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Cancer and Comedy Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Make sure you visit our website, cancerandcomedy.com, where you can follow the show and get our newsletter. Like what you hear? Then tell a friend about Cancer and Comedy, the show that lifts your spirits with hope and humor that heals. Until next time, keep turning the grim into a grin. <laughs>